Well, 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 back for more, I see. This is becoming a pleasant habit indeed. I'm sure you'll agree that Woody's last attempted journey to the zone ended badly. But such is the way of things, is it not? Then again, he had been forewarned that his life was about to take a new and important direction. So we must assume that it's all part of that plan. Yes, as we have come to know, all things happen for a reason. And I have no doubt that such reason will soon be revealed for all to understand. For the zone exerts a particularly strong pull on performing musicians. I know this to be true, for indeed, I have traveled to the zone on countless occasions, each time amazed at what and whom I encounter there. Yes, I said traveled to as opposed to entered or visited. You're very perceptive to have noticed my choice of words. But again, this is not my story after all. It's Woody's. So I'll let him tell you about his next journey in his own words. Remember, what awaits you might be considered by some to be disturbing. So consider yourself warned, much like the verbal disclaimer intoned on commercial breaks while you're watching movies on cable television, the content of this program may not be appropriate for all viewers and discretion is advised. I awoke to a light-filled room. Violetta was no longer lying next to me, which caused me a moment of panic before I realized she was watching me intently from a nearby chair. As I gathered my senses, neither of us seemed able or willing to say a word, both remembering our first and last performance together who knows how many days ago. We just stared, without seeing it seems, until I broke the spell by suggesting we return to the restaurant where we had enjoyed such passionate musical lovemaking on stage. We were seated by the same hostess who had greeted me on that blizzard evening, as if no time had passed since then. But I knew it had been the better part of a week since I had last seen this room. Now a bright morning with sunlight streaming through the windows, the atmosphere was so different, so foreign, that I wondered if it had all been merely a dream. The hostess brought coffee and two cups. Violetta and I didn't dare look at each other across the table, knowing the direction our conversation must take, both afraid to utter the first word. My mind told me that I needed to confront her about what had happened on stage that night, but my heart convinced me that she was just too fragile. Two possible directions for what to say, but only one possible choice. So I gave in to the moment and held her eyes with mine, knowing that I needed to be very gentle, for discretion is the better part of valor. I stared into her eyes, trying to find the right words. Woody, you have to stop looking at me like that, she blushed. I can't help it, Violetta, you're just too beautiful. I offered in place of the words I had earlier planned when thinking about this moment of truth. You really don't have to say that, Woody. I know I don't, I said, but it's true. Every time I look at you, I feel like I'm about to melt into the floor. She blushed mightily this time. It never had occurred to me that someone so lovely could be so insecure about her looks. This beholder saw something others didn't or couldn't. 
but I had a difficult time imagining that anyone could find Violetta anything less than drop-dead gorgeous. I looked at her only to see a tear rolling down her cheek. What's the matter? I asked, fearing I must have said something to upset her. Nothing's the matter, Woody, she answered softly. It's just that I feel the same way every time I look at you. So, this is what they mean by tears of joy, right? I offered, taking her hand in mine across the table. We both knew what my next question should be. What had happened that night at the conclusion of her last set and why? But I swallowed hard and pressed on in a totally different direction, hoping my words would somehow lead us to the same destination. I took my time before changing the subject, deciding not to ask the inevitable question that needed answering. There would be time for that when she was ready. I added cream to my coffee and stirred before proceeding to a most uncomfortable topic of conversation. Violetta, do you mind me asking what happened to your leg? She looked down for a moment, then raised her eyes once more to meet mine. No, I don't mind, Woody. I only remember waking up in the hospital. The doctors told me I had been in a coma for several days. I had a broken arm and collarbone, a collapsed lung, severe head injuries, and a completely shattered left leg. I guess I surprised them all when I opened my black and blue eyes those days later and asked for my parents. Violetta looked as if she might cry at any moment, so I asked if she would prefer not to talk about it anymore. She said she needed to talk about it, that indeed she had been keeping it all inside for so long that perhaps it was finally time for it to be let out once and for all. What happened, I asked. I don't remember a thing about that night, probably a good thing too, but my papa was driving, mama was in the passenger seat, and I was lying on the back seat fast asleep. It turns out a drunk driver had crossed the yellow line and we collided head-on with his pickup truck. When I finally awoke and asked for my parents, I was told they had been killed in the crash, just like that. And you know the worst part? she asked. I nodded in encouragement, knowing she needed to unload this unbearable burden. My parents were both wearing seatbelts, she went on. I was sleeping on the back seat and didn't have mine on. Talk about irony. They died strapped into their seats. And me, I was catapulted through the front windshield from the back seat, which surely saved my life. She paused to gather her thoughts, as if remembering or trying to forget all that followed. In the confusion of the scene, no one even realized there had been a third person in our car. It was 15 minutes before the fire was put out, and the police searched the area by flashlight, finding me wrapped around the trunk of a tree some 30 yards away, my left leg dangling at an unnatural angle. Violetta, I'm so sorry, I managed to mumble out loud, reaching across the table to take her hand once more. Her face took on a resolute look that said she wouldn't stop now, despite the tears that were about to flow. She took a deep breath and released it loudly before continuing her story. But to my surprise, she smiled after the exhalation as if the hard part was finally over. My parents were both musicians, Woody. 
Mama a singer, Papa a guitarist. Ever since I can remember, they were constantly on the road, touring, with me in tow. Papa taught me guitar, Mama taught me to sing. I was beginning to perform with them often, though I was only 16. That night, we were on our way home from the Ellicott Room after playing a sold-out concert. Years earlier, Mama and Papa had hit it off with the owner, Lenny D., and they built a solid following at his club. It was a wonderful time, Woody. Then it was all taken from us in a drunken moment. As it happened, my first performance at the Ellicott Room turned out to be my last. After the accident, Lenny visited me every week during my two-year rehab, encouraging me, talking with me about my future. I can't wait for you to meet him, Woody. I couldn't have healed without him. I felt so lost with no clue about what direction my life should take. Lenny convinced me that music would be my salvation, my return ticket to the kind of life that had become so normal for me before the crash. You won't believe this, but he actually bought me a new guitar, the one I now play. Kidding that I could pay him back someday when he needed a favor from me, he even set a daily practice regimen for me, all the while knowing it would be the most important motivation in my recuperation. Of course, now, these years later, I can laugh at Lenny's ulterior motives, which you'll understand all too well when you meet him. Once I finally left the hospital, he had already lined up several gigs for me to play. And today, here I am, a traveling musician again, almost like it was when Mama and Papa were still alive. I had one more question I wanted to ask, but I was having trouble getting the words out. Sensing my dilemma, Violetta tilted her head and smiled in confusion. What? She wondered aloud. Violetta, who are you talking to just before you start your performances? She looked startled and confused at the same time. What do you mean, Woody? Oh, never mind, it's not important. Wait a minute, she objected. You can't just ask a question like that and then say, never mind, it's not important. What do you mean, who am I talking to? I knew I couldn't leave my question hanging in midair without an explanation, so I nodded to her, letting her know I was about to continue my line of thought. Well, I'm not sure you're even aware of this, Violetta, but when you're on stage in the moments before you begin performing, your lips are moving, as if you're talking with someone. I guess I'm just curious about that. She frowned and seemed to turn her eyes inward, as if questioning herself about this strange behavior I'd asked about. I never realized I was doing that, she offered. But now that you tell me, well, I suppose I understand what it is. Not wishing to add to her discomfort any more than I already had, I decided to give her an easy way out. Really, it's no big deal, Violetta. You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, I said without much conviction, I'm afraid. She sat completely still, staring into my eyes, perhaps deciding if I was worthy of her innermost secret. I talk to Mama. Words completely failed me, so I merely continued looking into her eyes, almost daring her to continue the thought, which she did. 
The thing is, I never realized my lips were moving when I talked to Mama. It's just that ever since the accident, I know she and Papa are somewhere else nearby, though I don't know where. And I believe they must be as desperate to communicate with me as I am with them. So I guess I've developed this little ritual of talking to her before every show, as much to gather strength from her memory as to communicate with her. Is that so crazy, Woody? I slowly leaned back in my chair, amazed by what I'd heard. But who was I to judge, especially considering everything I had experienced in the past week? After only a moment of speculation, I smiled and reassured her the best I could. No, it's not crazy, Violetta. I think it's a beautiful thing that you've just described, but does she ever answer you? <laughs>